Welcome to This Week in the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Hill. We're so glad you joined us. And let's take your Bible, I'll take mine, and let's open to the New Testament, that's toward the last half of your Bible. And we're going to go to Mark chapter 5. Mark 5, we're walking with Christ through the Gospel of Mark. And we come to the fifth chapter, and we're just going to see some amazing things today as we behold the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm calling this podcast, this episode, All Fall Down. We're going to see three people, particularly, who all come into contact with the Lord Jesus Christ, and all of them literally fall down and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope that that's your heart attitude as well. Because one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's go to Mark chapter 5, and we're going to try to go through the entire chapter today. So I hope that you'll read along with me. I may make some comments as we read through the scripture. So if you have your Bible or your iPad or something open and you're reading along, you can see what the scripture says and tell the difference uh, when I be maybe making a little comment myself. All right, Mark chapter 5, verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had often been bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And we know from Luke chapter 2, uh, 8, excuse me, Luke chapter 8, verse 28, that he actually literally fell at the feet of Jesus. So what do we have here? We're going to see three things that Jesus is greater than, showing his godness, his godhood, perfect God, perfect man, come in human form. And so we see here that Jesus has power over demons. And as we go through this, we're going to see that he has power over disease and power over death. And you know, that pretty much takes it all in. (laughs) The Lord Jesus Christ is God. And so we see here that this demonized man, we don't know, we're not told here how he ended up in this condition, this predicament. And the, the agony must have been something awesome and, and fearful for him. Nobody could live with him, and he had to live apart by himself, a lonely life, a tortured life. And we, we read the description there so far in Mark chapter 5. But when Jesus gets out of the boat on the, the other shore, he comes ashore it's, it's almost like this guy comes running and sliding in at the feet of Jesus. Now, something is going on here, though. It's not exactly what it seems. 
verse 7, we see that when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Verse 7, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil, and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they saw it, they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. What a story. Jesus has power over demons. Demons, we believe, are the uh, one-third of the angels that rebelled with Lucifer against the Lord in heaven and were cast out. Two-thirds of the angels remained loyal to the Lord. Amen. But this man is is demonized. He's indwelt, oppressed, controlled by spirits who hate God and hate people. There seems to be a lot of that today. Well, it's not new. It existed then. And I submit for your consideration that some of what we see today just rank hatred, just amazing violence and brutality is energized by demonic spirits which hate God and hate the people that he loves. But we see that Jesus is not uh, threatened by this man. He simply takes charge because he's God. He makes them tell him who they are. I mean, he knows who they are, but he makes them say this, and he casts them out. And I don't really know the reason why. Maybe Maybe demons being spirits uh, crave having a body to work through. That would make sense to me. We don't know the exact reason, but they beg to be 
allowed, instead of being sent to the, the pit where they belong and where they're heading, by the way, he allows them to go into that herd of swine and even pigs could not stand the demons and they drowned themselves. <laughs> so the people watching this herd of pig went into town and told them, this is crazy, y'all. You got to come and see this. They came out and in my mind, I just have in my mind how great a, a movie this would make. Everybody comes out. They've already suffered great financial catastrophe because this herd is wiped out. And so they come out and they look at Jesus. And then in my mind, I have like a camera pans from Jesus to the, to the formerly demonized man sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Wow, that's different. And they just kind of stare at him for a minute. And they're just going like, wow, now we're afraid. Whatever was in him is loose now. And, and they were afraid to have anyone with the control and power that Jesus had. You know, Jesus creates some kind of response in everybody. No one is indifferent to Jesus. Jesus either inspires worship in the right kind of people or he inspires rejection in other people. And so we see here where the logical thing would have been to trust Christ as Savior and Lord, they ask him, hey, please leave. Uh, now is not soon enough. Please go. Please leave. Leave our place. Go. Just go. Go away. Wow, what a chilling scene this is. But you know what? Who's crazy here now, right? The demonized guy who was out of his mind and tortured before this because of the demonic spirits, he now says, Lord, I want to go with you. I want to be one of your disciples. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I want you to go home and tell your friends how great things the Lord hath done for thee. That's in verse 19. And it had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. Interesting thing here for people that say Jesus never claimed to be God, right here, not only does he show his power over demonic spirits, but he tells this wonderful person who's now freed and believes in Christ, go home, tell everybody. He didn't just go home. He went on a traveling evangelistic tour. He told everybody what the Lord, what Jesus had done for him. Do you see the connection there? He clearly told everyone, this Jesus, he's God, he's the Lord. And Christ told him to go tell people that, and he did. What a great thing. All right, let's go to verse 21. So Jesus has power over demons. Here, we're going to see that Jesus has power over disease. Verse 21 in Mark 5, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship under the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, my name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly. You remember how hard a time Jesus had been having in the synagogues, right? Well, now this, this synagogue leader had a need in his own life, and you're going to see what it is. 
Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, 12 years. So I don't know a lot about this, but whatever she had, she had been bleeding for 12 years. Verse 26, And had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Hey, no offense to the doctors and nurses that may be listening here, but that's how we feel sometimes. <laughs> it's probably our own fault for not taking care of our bodies. But, but anyway, many times we, could, we feel the same way. You know, I've, I've been to the doctors, I've taken the medicine, I've done everything I can, and I haven't gotten better, I'm worse. This lady, dear listener, was absolutely desperate. She had no other plan, no other options. Jesus Christ was her last best hope. Maybe you're there today physically, spiritually, emotionally. Watch what happens and follow her example. Verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. Now, listeners, this just simply was not done in this day and age back then. A woman did not touch, reach out and touch a man. She certainly did not reach out and touch one of the esteemed rabbis or teachers prominent in that community. And Jesus was that and, and much more, of course. But she was desperate. Look at verse 28. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Wow. Verse 30. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or, or that his healing power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press. Remember, everybody's all around him, uh, uh, just, just a, uh, almost like a mob. Turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about, to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him. There it is again, all fall down. And fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole, Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Wow! Jesus is in control of demonic situations. 
Jesus is absolutely in control of disease. Wow. And we're going to see that Jesus is in control of death. Look at verse 35. While he yet spake, remember they were on their way to stop this little girl from dying, right? I'm sure some anxiety must have welled up in Jairus' heart. Like, what are you doing? I just told you my daughter is about to die. Please come, Jesus, before it's too late. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Be not afraid, only believe. The next time somebody tells you this is the end, there's no hope, you can pack it in and give up, I want you to remember what Jesus says. I want you to actually hear him saying this in your heart and your spirit. Be not afraid. Only believe. You know, if we will only believe Jesus, he will get us out of incredible problems. He will solve perplexing situations. Jesus is in charge not only of demons and disease, but we're about to see that Jesus is in charge of death. When death sees Jesus, death drops dead. I said it because Jesus is God. Amen. Verse 37. And he suffered no man, turning my page here, <laughs> suffered no man to follow him, save or, or accept Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. Now let's stop here. I don't know how well-traveled you may be, and I'm not that well-traveled either, but I've seen films and videos. Something about Americans is we have a little unspoken circle of... Uh, you know, barrier around us. It's about three feet. If somebody gets inside of that, we get uneasy. We feel like, hey, you're in my space, right? You said that. You felt that. So we see here that this is a different culture. They not only don't know that, they will get right up on, on people and, and uh, you know, crowd around Jesus. But also, we've seen on videos and maybe you've seen movies and reenactments or whatever, or actual news footage in many places around the world. When someone dies, we don't do this really in America as much. We maybe, you know, we're moved. We may quietly weep and so forth, but there's, there's often not a lot of outward display of that emotion in the rest of the world. There's weeping and wailing out loud, and if there's not enough being done by the people who really feel it, other people will come in and add to it who may not actually feel that way, but, 
but they will they will you know try to support the family by doing that as well. And then there are professional mourners who did it. Well, I don't know who all of these people were, but they were carrying on, like Andy Griffith might say, something fierce. It was crazy when Jesus walks up to this scene. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. Now, this is a great concept here, folks. When we know someone has passed away, we will use words like they died, they're dead, they're gone. And if we're Christians, we, we probably really should say they've passed over. They didn't even just pass away. They passed over. What do you mean, Ed? If they believe in Christ, they passed over from this life to their life with Christ in heaven. I mean, literally, they're in heaven with Christ if they're believers in Christ. But here, Jesus gives us an insight into how God looks at death. God says in the New Testament that the believer, for us, physical death is, is like sleep. If I fall asleep and someone wakes me up, I'm going to get up. I'm going to be okay, right? To God, who's so awesome and powerful, death, to us, it seems like the end. But to God, it's like, eh, they're just asleep. Wake them up. It's no problem to God. Amen? So Jesus says here, the damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. That's how God sees it. Now, verse 40 shows how quickly people who are faking it can turn on you. <laughs> verse 40, and they laughed him to scorn. Now, wait a minute. Just a minute ago, they were weeping and wailing. Yeah, whatever. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And I kind of have an image here of um, that Jesus is saying, yeah, yeah, right, okay, yeah, she's, she's dead, I got you. Okay, time to leave, folks. Let's head for the exit. Bye-bye, have a great day. Okay, yeah, 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 right, she's dead, just leave. Because he already told them the truth. He wanted them out of there. Why? They were so filled with unbelief, he, he couldn't tolerate it. Unbelief cannot dwell in the presence of God. So he, he hurries them out the door, who needs them anyway, right? And sends them on their way. He comes into the, the, uh, the part of the house, into the room where the little girl who is dead, and these people knew how to tell if somebody was dead or not, okay? And she was dead. But from God's viewpoint, she was only asleep. He was going to wake her up. Wow. So they come into this room where she is, is laid out on, on this bed. Only her mother and father were in there. Jesus, of course, and who else? Peter and the two brothers, James and John. Now you're going to see as we go through Mark, and if you read the other Gospels, that Jesus had 12 disciples, yes, but three of them 
were sort of on an inner circle. They were even closer to Jesus than the, the other nine disciples. And then beyond that ring of, of 12 disciples, we know that there were, including them, were at least 70. And then, you know, the number is even larger as you go out from that. But here, this is the inner leadership ring of the disciples. These are the only people who are allowed to see what happens. Verse 41. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha, kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. You see, if she'd just been asleep or in some kind of coma and yet still breathing, this wouldn't have had the impact it had. She was dead. And Jesus took her by the hand and told her to arise, and she did. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Now this is astounding. Jesus is not only in charge of demons, you know, can tell them what to do, like get out of here. Jesus not only is in charge of disease, he can heal it at will. Jesus is in charge of death. Jesus is God. Wow. And I can only imagine the confusion as eventually, pretty, pretty quickly, I'm sure, all these people have been weeping and wailing and then they were laughing at Jesus. See this little girl completely healed like nothing happened. And they're going like, what happened? She was dead. Then Jesus, Jesus didn't even claim that, you know, publicly. He said, don't tell everybody about this. And um, that I have my own ideas about some of those reasons. I don't know exactly the right reason, but you know what the, what the reason was, and you can ponder that as well. But uh, it's sort of like he could walk out and say, see, I told you she was just asleep, because he's God. And to him, when we die, we're only asleep, and he only has to wake us up. That's why when Christians die, other believers do not sorrow as those who have no hope the uh, New Testament says. Wow! This one chapter would make the most awesome movie all by itself. But you know what my prayer for you is? I, I may know some of you who are listening. I believe I do. You've told me you listen. Thank you. But I'm sure there are others listening that I, I do not know who you are. I will never know that you're listening. I will never meet you in this life. But you today have come face to face with Jesus Christ 
who is, in fact, God. You now realize anybody that controls the demons is God. Anybody who controls disease is God. Anybody who controls death is God. Now the question is, have you fallen down as the demoniac did, as the diseased woman did, as Jairus the synagogue ruler did? They all fell down, all fall down. But have you done that by choice? Have you fallen at the feet of Jesus Christ as God, confessed that you were a hopeless sinner on your way to hell and deservedly so, just like I was until I met Christ and gave him my heart and life and he saved me? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins, come into your life and save you and be your God and your Savior? You need to do that today. I'm not going to give you a formula prayer. You need to get desperate like that lady. You need to be desperate like the demoniac. You need to be at the point of no hope as the parents of that little girl. If you throw yourself upon the mercy of God and Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, He will save you. He will save you because he loves you so much. He connected you with this podcast and you listen today. I hope you will receive him as Savior if you've not done so. If you're listening, it's not too late. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. In our next episode, we'll go to Mark chapter 6. Invite others to listen as well to This Week in the Word. They can find that by uh, Googling www.dredhill.podbean.com. Remember that after that DR, there's no period. It's just dredhill.podbean.com. Google that. You'll go right to the uh, where you can listen. You can find the app, I believe, on the Apple iTunes, I don't know a lot about this, but I think it's on iTunes and it's on uh, Google Play. Anybody can find it who searches for it. Just tell people yourself how to find it, invite them, because people need to grow in their uh, knowledge of the Word of God and their walk with Christ. But many people need to meet Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And that's my aim with this podcast. Thanks for listening. God bless. We'll see you in the next episode when we go then to Mark chapter 6, walking with Christ through the gospel of Mark. God bless.